It's Mark Reardon for PNC C-Speak, the language of executives, along with Michael Scully, regional president of PNC Bank. Today's topic is workforce diversity with Kendall Norris, CEO of the Global Leadership Forum. Kendall, you made a huge transition from technology leadership to nonprofit leadership. Why the change? When we formed the organization, I was on the board of directors. Um, we actually hired an executive uh, director shortly after filing the Articles of Corporation and getting the organization started. And shortly uh, after we hired her, um, her dream job called. She was interviewing with various companies, as you do. And um, they were based in Miami, which is home to her. So she left that role. And then after a year or so of us volunteers moving the mission forward, Mr. Stewart then approached me and, and said, um, like to know what it's going to take for you to leave Deloitte and, and come and run this thing full time. So uh, that was what uh, first started the idea of, of me leaving corporate and coming into the nonprofit sector. Um, but once I, uh, I came home and, and, and got over, uh, got my wife to the point of, of shock, <laughs> over the point of shock around the potential of, of leaving Deloitte to come and take this role, uh, we talked very extensively about um, passion versus profits and losses. So ultimately, that's the, the why as to why I said yes and moved the family to St. Louis um, because you know, I've had a pretty decent career, um, lots of successes, I've been all over the world, but this gives me an opportunity to pursue passion of helping others achieve their dreams and making some real differences in our community. We've talked a lot about STEM initiative on other episodes of C-Speak. What's the difference between STEAM and STEM? Well, just, just the letter A, and the letter A stands for arts. So with STEAM, you have science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. Uh, and with STEM, arts is not listed there. Um, I, I'll tell a really quick story about the interrelated aspect of them. We kind of tend to think that arts is something very different and not really related to the science and, and, and engineering and technology fields. Um, but some years back, I worked for a company called EDS, Electronic Data Systems. It was a company started a long time ago by Ross Perot, uh, a brilliant businessman. And um, EDS started as an outsourcer. Actually, uh, Mr. Perot invented the, the outsourcing industry. And he started that business with outsourcing infrastructure, your, your servers and um, networking that runs your business. And once that became successful and you had other uh, businesses enter the market and it started to become a commodity, he made a shift to application. And in order to build apps, um, you would think that the approach would be go hire a bunch of computer science folks and programmers. And that was not Mr. Perot's uh, line of thinking. His line of thinking was, I can teach just about anyone to learn a language and write code, but I can't teach someone how to be creative. So instead of building 
the applications development team uh, with a bunch of computer science or programming professionals, he hired artists and taught them how to code uh, in order to gain that competitive advantage. So it takes both creativity and science. Not everything is, is all science and not everything is, is all art. All the time about the shortage of skilled workers that exist, what is the Global Leadership Forum doing to change that? That's really the, the, the crux of, of why we exist um, today. Because um, what I like to tell audiences is, is, is that um, this world in which we live, talent is equally distributed, but opportunity is not. And if, if we are a society are going to continue our uh, leadership position in, in productivity and innovation, uh, then we have to tap into all of the resources uh, that, that we have. And what we do as an organization is bring together um, other organizations to be a part of the forum that have those programs that are training um, individuals, uh, whether it's uh, training young people in high school or prior to high school or young adults, uh, veterans, or retraining folks that are making transitions uh, from uh, one uh, position to, to another. And those programs are first in class and they span uh, the gamut of um, the workforce needs in technology and, and engineering fields. Why is it important for business leaders to make it a priority to have a diverse and inclusive workforce at their companies? There have been uh, a lot of studies, um, and, and, and McKinsey has a series, I think, annually or, or biannually. They update uh, their series. They've done it globally, uh, I think, over uh, 75 countries and, and hundreds of businesses have participated. And it, it, it's, it's fairly common knowledge that diversity and inclusion are, are critical and, and strategic to business success. But as a business leader or a business owner, you want to know uh, what are the actual facts? What are the bottom line facts? And according to McKinsey's study, and it's been consistent over the past three or four years that they've done this, uh, companies in the top quartile for racial and ethnic diversity are actually 35% more likely to have financial returns above their respective uh, national industry medians. And, and companies in the top quartile for gender diversity uh, bringing, and I think the number is somewhere around 25 to 30% of uh, the workforce being female are 15% more likely to have financial returns above uh, their medians. So there, there, there's a, definitely a linear relationship between diversity and better financial performance. Kendall, how do diversity hiring and hiring the best candidate coexist? Well, I actually think they're the same thing. Um, I've hired uh, quite a few people, and I always seek 
the the best candidate. Um, but if all of the candidates that are presented to me um, look the same, come from the same schools, come from the same background, then I'm going to create a team that's not well-rounded. So in my opinion, uh, they are the same team. Uh, if you're if you're not hiring a diverse team, uh, then you're not getting uh, the best team on the field, so to speak. Of course, there are many benefits to diversity hiring. What are the challenges for a business? Yeah, that's a, that's a really great question. Um, the challenge, in in my opinion, uh, are those are internal challenges, and that is because no matter who we are, where we're from, um, we come with our own uh, biases. And bias sounds like uh, potentially a a negative word, uh, but it's really not. It's just the things that you are used to, what you've uh, been exposed to. And if, if if your bias is homogenous, then you're going to be biased towards uh, people that look, sound, act, have the same background as you. So the biggest challenge is making sure uh, that you have a robust hiring program. Uh, You have a robust group of uh, um, recruiters and HR people and that your leadership teams are seeking to build diverse teams. Kendall, you work across all sectors to achieve your organizational goals. How does that work, and why is that important? Sure. The, the problems that we look to solve, and, and I tend to group society's problems, and there's a lengthy list of them, but I tend to group them in two buckets, and they revolve around inequity and inequality. And each sector of the society owns a piece of the problem and because we are all in this together and we're all affected by these social issues. And I think each sector of the society owns a piece of the solution as well. So just nonprofits can't do uh, all that is needed to be done to solve for Uh, educational disparities, public safety issues, and and all of the things uh, that we look through. Workforce development takes um, business leaders to be a part of that as well. Uh, Advocacy work for policy change has to include our uh, local legislators. So parents are a huge part of the solution. So it's absolutely important uh, that Every sector in society is involved with how we solve for our biggest issues that we all face. Kendall, how are we doing here in St. Louis when it comes to attracting diverse leaders? Well, that's that's a tough one. Um, I, I would have to say uh, we got we've got work to do uh, here in St. Louis. Um, St. Louis is a a uh, re, as a region is very, very rich in in resources and opportunities. Um, But in order to attract uh, diverse leaders, then there has to be um, um, an impetus for change. Um, Because we have 
I'll, I'll give a, a really quick example. Um, Centene and um, Michael Nydorf is, is a wonderful leader uh, who leads that organization, and he's going to expand that organization and add 3,000 jobs. Uh, but that expansion is going to happen in Charlotte. And um, another uh, telltale sign that we look at is uh, university graduates. So St. Louis region is rich in educational institutions, um, but a couple of years after graduation, uh, we tend to see those graduates uh, move out of the region. It's a very similar problem that my home state of Ohio is having. So in order for us to attract those Amazon second headquarters or have Centene continue to grow their businesses in this region or have other businesses relocate here, uh, we've got a great leader in, in Jim McKelvey who's from St. Louis and is going to place a new headquarters for Square uh, right in downtown St. Louis. Uh, we do need more of that, uh, but we absolutely um, need the uh, diversity of thought and leadership to attract those leaders that, that want to be in St. Louis. Kendall, as the bottom line, how do businesses, communities, and society as a whole benefit from the work that you do? No society is, is perfect. No community is perfect. We, we all have our ills, but we all strive to do better today and be better today than we were yesterday. Um, businesses benefit from the uh, workforce development. Uh, we spoke briefly earlier about the shortage of skilled workers. Uh, a huge part of the work that our member organizations that are a part of the forum do is prepare workers uh, from all demographics, uh, from all ages and, and backgrounds to have the skills and the experience and the soft skills as well to do well in, in some of those areas. Uh, our community is, is, is a whole. It's, it's an ecosystem in and of itself. Uh, we have, just speaking of St. Louis alone, we have public safety issues. We have poverty issues. We have homelessness issues. And in order to solve for those issues, having businesses, community leaders, our social network working together to be able to solve for uh, job needs, uh, food gaps, education gaps are going to benefit all of the participants. Kendall, how do you measure your success? And maybe even more important than that, how should a business and community measure their success in diversity hiring? So numbers don't lie. Um, if uh, there's a certain part of the population, I'll just take technology because I know those stats pretty well. Um, uh, blacks make up about 12 to 13 percent of the population. They make up about seven percent of the technology jobs. This is nationwide and they make up about one percent of uh, the leadership positions. Hispanics are about 13 or so percent of the population today. They make up six percent of the overall technology uh, workforce and they make up less than 1% of the executive ranks. 
So we measure success by seeing changes in the in the statistic in the statistics, um, by seeing changes in our communities, and by seeing uh, much greater outcomes uh, for our businesses with diverse teams working together. Kendall, thanks for being with me and Mike today for another C-Speak interview, PNC C-Speak, the language of executives.